Welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast. I'm your host, Susan Spears. Today, our guest is Matt Rothy. He's the founding pastor of the Way Church here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Susan. It is really good to be here. Ah, it's awesome to see you, my friend. Uh, Matt is no stranger to the chamber. He's certainly been involved with some of our committees here, um, largely with our Leadership Fredericksburg program. He was his class president, I believe, class of 2018, Matt. 2019. 2019. Best class ever. Oh, 2019 and I think he just said best class ever for anybody who's listening and (laughs) that's so true um, that every class that we have says they're the best class ever and Matt and I were just reflecting upon the day when um, he spoke at the graduation and what an I felt what an awesome job he did we may get into that later Uh, but right now he is the current chair of the leadership advisory committee that oversees the leadership Fredericksburg program and so I invited him in here today to talk about some of his leadership journey. So thanks for coming in and being willing to chat about your leadership journey with us. Absolutely, Susan. It is it is always good to hang out at the chamber, be a part of chamber stuff, because I might mention this in a little bit, but my wife and I moved here in 2016 to start this church, and we didn't have any family, didn't know anybody who lived in Fredericksburg. And getting to start a faith community, you get to meet friends often. Um, But I'll say that getting plugged in at the chamber with the chamber network of young professionals and then also Leadership Fredericksburg has been huge for me personally. Uh, This is is a special place to be around. And Leadership Fredericksburg, it's it's a tribe that I identify with and I'm glad to be a part of. So thanks for having me. Oh, I love it. It's a tribe. I feel the same way. There might be about 400 of you out there, but I feel like every one of you is part of my tribe. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I really think so. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a little dive into some leadership things here. And I'll start with asking you, um, you're still you're still pretty early in your journey, but at some point you identified yourself probably as somebody with some leadership capability. Do you, do you know like when that moment may have been or what, what's kind of helped you down this path? I can think of a couple different moments in my life um, from even very early on where I recognized that I think I'm a leader. And yet I'll be honest with you that I am a leader who is fully in recovery for the imposter syndrome. I think I still sometimes question or not whether or not am I really a leader. And I, I say that maybe with a smile and jokingly, um, but it's, it's really, really very real. Um, I think you've asked the question about uh, when did you first recognize you're a leader? I'm thankful that I grew up in a household where I have two great parents who also happen to be just incredible leaders in their own right and in different ways. And they had a saying growing up, and I think they said it to all of us, but I'm the oldest child. And so I heard it a lot more and maybe just taking it on as an oldest child. They would always say, be a leader, not a follower. And that's no knock on being a follower, but it was always an encouragement and a call to be in a position where where you're making good choices and and doing the right thing. And so they said that to all of us as kids, but I think as the oldest of all my siblings, I just took that on. I'm like, I'm a leader. 
I'm a leader of my siblings. I'm a leader in my family. And so there was that. And then I'm just super thankful that the Lord has blessed me with a number of different opportunities to lead. Of course, as you go through school, there's social opportunities, maybe athletic opportunities to captain a team or uh, academic opportunities to be a part of something and be a leader. And I've always had those looking back and I'm very thankful that God has blessed me with those. And I'm also very thankful for the different mentors and, and different people that I could go through each year in my life who have poured into me and uh, helped develop me as a leader. But I remember one uh, particular day, in fact, I think it was the very last day at Leadership Fredericksburg where everyone kind of went around the room and reflected on what this opportunity and being in the program had meant for them personally. And I talked about how it was kind of an arrival moment for me. Like you grow up, you have all these opportunities, you get asked to lead a church, to start a church, and you still think, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a leader though. I'm just, I'm just put in this position. And then not only the very practical skills that we talked about and developed during the course of Leadership Fredericksburg, the nine month program, but also just being around leaders and people who recognize one another and encourage one another at, as leaders is huge. And I mentioned in the last class for me that it has been very uh, pivotal, the class experience, to kind of uh, remedy the imposter syndrome that I feel like someday, you know, I'm going to get found out that I'm a fraud, that I don't have the skills. And I, and I said that to the whole class, and there's a lot of head, head nodding and agreement that they feel that too. And here's what I'll never forget is walking out of that class for like a break or something like that. And Dr. Flatter was walking down the hall, and he and I happened to walk next to each other. And he leaned over to me and he said, that leadership imposter syndrome, he goes, I still feel that. I still feel that every day that the other shoe's gonna drop. And I'm just like, this guy? Like, Dr. Flatter has this? I said, so what do you do with that? How do you, how do you lead through that? And you know his mantra, right? Courageous leadership and, and just going through that. And just for someone in a position and at a much different stage in their leadership journey than I, um, being able to empathize and relate to me at that level uh, was hugely encouraging. So I think I'm just finally uh, coming to a place where I accept and <laughs> recognize a leader. Um, but that's, that's a huge part of the journey. And I think it always will be if I can take a page from JR's book on that. Uh, we'll have to make sure he hears this and knows what an impact just that moment had, you know. Um, and that's an important thing to remember as a leader is the impact of your words in, in every one of those moments, you know, with others. Absolutely, yeah. And sometimes it's, yeah, just like that, the, the smallest moments that are going to make the biggest impact on people and as a leader, just always looking out for those, like kind of call them ad hoc moments instead mm -hmm. of, you know, the big presentations. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a little bit about that journey as you started the church here. Um, now it's you're going on five years. Yeah, we're turning four this September. Oh, four, that's just wonderful. And hopefully as, you know, September comes around, we'll be able to really do a lot of in-person things, you know, um, and, and have a good celebration around that um, in September. I'm sure you did apply different principles um, with leadership as you brought together your church and you think about that, uh, I, I would say, what, what do you think was most important to you during that time 
that you've learned from. Like I started from nothing and I developed this with this group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's got to feel very different than your original vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think skills that has have really developed or where I'm at today that have helped um, are, are two different ones that I'll mention. And, and the first two, um, I'll mention three. The first two are, are directly from class conversations we had. And the third one actually is, Susan, something that you and I talked about when we did our LMAP together. Okay. All right. So the first one is just the idea of growing and uh, progressing as a leader from someone who has the tactical skills to someone who is an emotionally uh, driven leader and connecting with people, right? Uh, Anna's nodding her head because she's learning about that right now in class. And, and just that kind of hierarchy of leadership domains, right, and progressing through that. Um, as someone who just came right out of seminary, right out of grad school, and got really assigned to what I believe is my dream job, is something I've always wanted to do was the church plant, the new start, um, for people maybe not in the church world, it's like a startup. Um, mm -hmm. To look at what you're being asked to do and looking back on your previous eight or more years of schooling and going, oh, the day-to-day the -day skills that help me succeed as an academic, uh, as a student, those are good and I can take those with me, but there needs to be a different skill set that I'm developing, that I'm working on uh, as I lead people, as I lead relationally with others and um, progressing into that domain where, where you lead more in that domain. The emotional domain, the relational domain is something that uh, has was helpful from class for me wrapping my head around to think about um, and, and kind of progressing out of what are more like tactical skills. Is that the right word that you it use is. in class? Okay, good. <laughs> All right, good. I still remember. Um, so I, I think that was a fir first one and really a paradox shifting one for me to provide that framework for how you think about leadership. Because I think one of my biggest challenges as a leader right now or in the capacity that I serve as a pastor is I have very different domains that I am asked to lead in. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor, and so first and foremost, I lead a spiritual community, and I'm, I'm a spiritual leader, and that means that I'm connecting people to Christ, to the love that Christ has for them, to the righteousness and the identity that people have in Christ, the hope that they have in Christ. A pastor leading in a, what I'll call like a spiritual domain. And then there's also different ones. We're not... Uh, just focused on that but we're also focused on what we do relationally and as a community and so i'm a leader relationally and that's sometimes while there's a lot of overlap with those two that's a shift into how you lead and that's where i'm getting to that prior point about emotionally um driven leadership and then i think in the world that i'm in uh, i get to kind of be entrepreneurial as this startup and I think of it as like a operational leader, like casting a vision, setting goals, doing strategic planning, and, and leading what is maybe in the operation as an organization. And then there's a fourth domain that I think about as a leader that kind of combines a lot of them, and that's the uh, leadership in the area of 
replication, um, that you're going to be a bottleneck if you are the only person who is leading in the capacity that you are. And so uh, you might call it discipleship in the church world. Uh, you might call it delegation in the business world. Um, but it's combining those two up, and it's the total attempts of you um, looking at what you're doing and equipping others to lead so that you are, in a sense, um, very replaceable and you can step out from it. So I think that's a that's a challenge for me, but at, at the same time, one that uh, being a part of the program really helped me with and helped me wrap my head around. Well, if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like you might do a little bit more than just show up on Sunday and give us sermon. Yeah, I, I, I love that joke that people think you just work on Sundays and I got six days off <laughs> for a week. So yes, yeah, we're, we're, do, we're doing things Monday, Monday through Saturday. That's happening. That's so yeah, awesome. Well, well, thank you for sharing so much of that. Um, I had a question to ask you about your, your leadership style. And I think you just described much of that very well there. Um, now, you also earlier talked about your parents and um, things that shaped you when you were younger. Is there an individual or um, a mentor or somebody who more so than others or someone you would point out that has really influenced you and your your leadership journey? It's going to be hard for me to pick just one. Sure, um, you can do more than one. This is something I did two years ago. Um, I think I did it on my birthday or for my birthday. But have you ever heard of like Times 100 list? It's the 100 yeah. most influential people every every year. I think mm -hmm. Time Magazine comes out with one. Uh, I thought I was going to have my own 100 list. And I actually thought I'll, I'll just keep it at 50. Of the 50 most influential people in my life that have impacted me. And so, of course, on the top of the list were my parents because they've been mm -hmm. impacting me my whole life in very wonderful ways. Uh, also, my wife, Emily, is on there because uh, she has just been an incredibly positive influence in my life. But I'd, to pick out one more than others uh, would be very difficult for me because here's something I'm thankful for is I very reluctantly um, am at where I'm at today. For a long time, every year of my, well, I'll call it my academic career thought, I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to get into this. This is not really something I want to do. But every single year, God blessed me with uh, someone, a leader who really impacted me during that season in my life. And then maybe even ongoing uh, that encouraged me to use my gifts and uh, think about how I can best serve God and best serve others. And so to pick one would be difficult, but I could probably uh, name a few. Uh, growing up, it was a family friend who also was a grade school teacher and also um, a basketball coach, Eric mm. Paulson. He's a family friend and also led me athletically and academically and just made an impact on you as someone that you looked up to as a young man and was like, oh, yeah, I want to I want to be like him. Uh, I want to lead or have the impact that he has on other people. Uh, going through high school, I think a big uh, influence for me was my high school football coach. Athletics were a big part of my cool. life mm -hmm. growing up. And Ken Taylor really was a positive influence in just recognizing talents and doing so in a way that didn't give you a big head but also empowered you to use the gifts 
and the abilities that you had, not just on the field, but also um, as, a, as, a, as a man in your other areas of your life. And I could go on and on. I could tell you about my senior pastor when I was an intern. His name's Tim Spiegelberg. And he and I are very different as far as our personalities go, but just somebody who uh, is able to recognize that and lead, it, lead according to it and then um, empowered me to, to really <laughs> lead and then give me uh, the space to, to do things differently than he would. And also, um, yeah, he just inspired me very much so into kind of the world that I am get to be in now today, and that's the church startup, Church Point World. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of interesting folks. Now, you did this list of 100. Where did you land on? Did you make it to 100? You know what? I think I'm at just shy of 30 right now. Okay. And so every once in a while, uh, and I try to always do it like around my birthday, I try to look at it again, add a few more, change the uh, order up just a little bit. Um, but it's just kind of a fun thing to do. And it's because we're on a podcast, I think I'll, I'll share this with you for maybe the first time. I have this dream of then interviewing all of these people when I get the list to 50 or 100 just to let them know they're on that list. Wouldn't that be a cool idea? I love I think it. that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Anna and I um, here, we, we expect to be on your list. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> no. All right. Well, now I'm going to shift gears a little bit and um, ask you some more specific leadership questions just to get some some ideas of your mindset around them. I like to ask folks, what is the one characteristic you believe every leader should possess? For me, it's an easy answer, but I, I want to talk to you about this. Okay. I got a theory. All right. Tell I me think I think hard work is mm. it. And if you want to frame that as uh, hard work or maybe drive or grit is yeah. a pop- popular word in uh, leadership and uh, development circles, I think that is a skill that can carry you quite a long way. And one leader who happens to also be a very good friend of mine who I get to work with, uh, John Boomhofer, uh, he's our worship director at The Way Church. He and I were just talking about this the other day. And I think he took this idea from uh, Cal Newport. He's a prolific author and uh, does, does a lot of podcast interviews too. But he got the idea that there's this kind of confluence or convergence of three different things that, that make somebody excellent or successful in whatever they're doing. It's the hard work category. Let's call that drive. Yes. Then there's the pure talent, raw talent, natural talent domain. And then finally, there is the outside help or mentor category. And it's when these three three, three things come together that you see someone be successful. And, and everyone's going to have these to a different degree. So the example that I thought of that might be helpful. You're a sports fan, household name, LeBron James, right? People recognize that he is the best player in the NBA right now. Maybe uh, the debate goes of all times, right? And so there's no doubt LeBron James is ultra talented, right? And you look at where he is at in his career, it's well documented that he he has an extreme drive and work ethic too. Yes. But he didn't have anybody in his family who is a pro athlete before him. Right. In fact, he comes from a single parent home who uh, worked very hard herself and he had to kind of figure this out for himself. Now it helps that he is a once in a generation talent, raw talent, right? 
Um, but he has high work ethic, high talent. He didn't necessarily need the help or mentors, right? Now, I don't know very much about his son. I think he's a high school basketball player right now, but I do know he's ranked top 25 of all uh, high school players in his age bracket at this time. So there's no doubt he's a talent, right? After all, his father is LeBron James. But the idea of him being a hard worker, having drive, no one can really comment on, right? You know, he's a high school student, don't know much about him. But one thing for sure is he has help. He has a mentor. He has, as his his mentor, the best NBA player right now, showing him the steps. This is what it takes to be great. This is what you need to do to get to the next level. And so it's the convergence of all those things. But I think the one that you can control every single day is showing up, doing the work, and working really, really hard. Um, so I would, I would have to go with hard work being the one characteristic I think I, everybody I think it's great. Have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on, on the contrast of that, what do you think is one of the top things that makes a leader fail? I'm indicting myself when I say this. Mm -hmm. I think it's poor communication. Oh. I'm a communicator, right? Every Sunday I have to, uh, excuse me, let me say that again. I get to preach a message, right? But we're a, we're a small church, and so I'm preaching like 50 times a year, right? Right. Um, getting, to, getting to share God's word, getting to teach, getting to preach. Uh, so I work really, really hard at that. And I think one area where I fall short as a leader is uh, communicating on day-to-day -day stuff, maybe communicating the values of our church of our organization or maybe uh, on a specific task or assignment or project that I'm working on with the rest of our team I assume that the idea or the expectations or the deadline has been communicated but I don't do that very well or or I think of it as an afterthought so I, I'm indicting myself but I've also I think recognized it just as a young leader who has a lot of peers have leaders above them at this stage in their careers or, or their journey. And I think that's one of the things that frustrates us the most is when the leader is unclear um, and doesn't commu communicate well or maybe at all. I think that's where I get frustrated the most or sense others getting frustrated because maybe it's a generational difference or maybe um, it's a personal preference, which it very well could be as well. But I think as a leader, there's no reason not to be open, not to lead with transparency and vulnerability and just communicate everything that's on your mind, everything that's on your heart so that everyone knows where you're at and you're on the same page. Um, but that's easier said than done. It is. Uh, when you think back to your leadership Fredericksburg experience, JR always said when he, when he talks about crucial conversations, daily conversations, et cetera, he says, communicate, 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 and then communicate some more. Yeah. And I, I drill that in my own head about, you know, sometimes being fr frustrated as a leader. Like, wait, I, I told folks this policy. I, we've, we've shared that. Maybe you did once. But as a leader, it's, it's important to make sure that those messages are heard. And it does take more than once. Just like advertising, you know, three times it sticks. Mm -hmm. Stuff out in the media, three times it sticks. 
Well, we're talking about communication, and very much part of that is the idea of listening. And I mm-hmm. went on a rant before um, about my takeaways from the Leadership Fredericksburg class, and I forgot the second thing. But the second biggest takeaway was uh, Dr. Quarterman had us do a listening yeah. 101, and that was just transformative because I like to talk. I have no problem talking <laughs> and communicating, right? And yet to listen. And as a leader then, when you do the job up front of communicating expectations or tasks, but then stopping and listening to other people's feedback, see if the idea is understood, um, that's a massive step and just relating it to the conversation we're having but I think overall in leadership as well uh, growing the listening skills is something that I, I aspire to uh, grow in absolutely most leaders well it's been just awesome hearing so much from you uh, Matt we are already at the time that we need to wind down can you believe it <laughs> we're having a, I'm enjoying talking to you and think I could sit here for probably three hours easily uh, <laughs> um and so we're going to do we're going to probably do a part two or something with you um, at another time. Is there any other comments you would like to share with our listeners about leadership or your thoughts in general? Yeah, I think one of the things that this program and Susan you do as a chamber so very well is connect people to other leaders and to relate it to the conversation we had about finding help and mentors they're out there there's a group of people that um, whether you realize it or not they're cheering for you they're supporting you and maybe we get so tied up with our day-to-day to-do lists and the things that we have to do in our businesses in our organizations and in our lives that we forget we're really a part of a community of leaders a community of people that are really cheering for one another, working to support and encourage one another. And so I think if you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you need help, it's right there for you. And I'm just so thankful that uh, y'all have helped me get plugged into that, um, the way church get plugged into that. And I hope we get to, in a small way, be a part of that. And so to anyone who's looking for that, it's there. And so thank you for providing that. Thank you for being part of it. Finally. I'll say, do you have a favorite motto or saying that you would like to share? Yeah, I will. I'll share this. And uh, hopefully this doesn't come as too big a surprise as a pastor. Um, But the saying that I want to share is my favorite Bible verse. And it kind of hits on some of the topics that we addressed with hard work and work ethic. Uh, But it's the Apostle Paul talking in 1 Corinthians 15. He gets done talking about how the gospel of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness and the hope that people have in him is amazing. And then he says, whoa, but wait, I'm the least, I'm the least qualified to talk about it because if any of y'all know Paul, he used to be named Saul because he was not just a skeptic of Christianity. He was a serial killer of Christians. And so he says, yeah, I'm the least qualified to talk about this. I'm the least of all the apostles. And then he adds a huge but. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of the apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. And so as you think about hard work, and as I think about hard work, even that isn't something that's about Matt or about you know my gifts or the set of skills that I have as a leader, that on top of all that God has given me, uh, he's also given me that given me the time, the energy, and the ability to work hard 
And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. That is an undeserved gift of working hard, being grace on top of the grace that our God gives us. And that's why that verse means so much to me. Wow. Well, what a great way to end our time together. Thank you for that. I love it. I love it, Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Susan. It's a pleasure.